Hey guys, thanks so much for joining today's conversation. So the format for today's event is a conversation between the RS team and people from diverse walks of life who share their stories, experiences, and learnings with the community. So today we have member Fizz, who's a wildlife filmmaker and a National Geographic explorer. And we're going to be understanding from her perspective, the connection between yoga and nature. So thank you, Fizz. Thanks so much for being here. Hi, Ria. Yeah, thanks so much. Can you hear me? Yeah. Great. Um, so thanks so much, Ria, for having me on here to talk about this topic, which is quite honestly very close to my heart. Um, both yoga and the natural world have played um, a huge role in shaping my life in so many ways. And um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to chatting about this. Yeah, so so. So am I, so is everyone here. So um, I'd love to know, how did your journey into yoga begin? And how have you sort of related that to the work that you're currently doing? So my journey with yoga um, began very, very young, actually. Um, I was quite lucky to have the guidance of um, my mother, who's been practicing yoga all her life as well. And alongside that, I spent a large part of my growing years amidst nature and wildlife. So for me, the two have always gone hand in hand, just like so many of the principles of yoga itself. I mean, yoga and nature have had this age-old connection for, for many, 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 many years and through ancient times itself. So... Um, so yeah, so the two the two huge aspects of my life sort of um, came together, and um, that's how that's how my journey started. When I when I really really tried to imbibe the qualities that I learned from from both nature and yoga. And um, and you asked me how how I sort of relate that to my work. Well, because I'm a wildlife filmmaker, my job um, truly requires an incredible amount of mental and physical fortitude and the reason I use, I'm using the word fortitude and not strength is because um, there's so much consistency that's required as a wildlife filmmaker you know um, you're often out on the field in the wild in very very difficult circumstances and terrains for many many weeks and months and it's not easy for anyone to just endure that you know no matter how much you love the natural world so so that kind of mental consistency and fortitude that I have to, and the patience in, to say it in simple terms, that I have while I'm on the wild waiting to film an animal is, um, that's, for me, I think it's 100%. I owe it to my, to my practice in yoga. It's lovely. Um, I want to sort of um, ask you this because I feel like for people here that haven't really explored much into the path of yoga yet, what would you say yoga truly is? Well, um, contrary to to belief, to popular belief, yoga is is much, much, much more than just a physical form of exercise. Um, of course, asanas are the most popular form of um, or popular bit of yoga that people um, know about. But it's just one eighth of it, and you know, yoga is. is eight steps to to ultimate self-realization it's basically in simple terms the new the union of the mind the body the soul and the spirit so it's it's a philosophy it's a way of life and the physical aspect of yoga which is asanas and it's only just one eighth of yoga is just a tool to help a human being reach that level of ultimate 
self-realization and ultimate liberation. Yeah, definitely. I do think that there's there's a lot of sort of this misconception going on that, that yoga just sort of these um, movements. Um, but mm-hmm. it's really just sort of the the tool to actually get to the mind. Absolutely. Definitely. Thank you. So, so yeah, I'd like to ask you now, what, what, so what do you think, like, can you briefly describe the connection between yoga and nature? Well, I think um, from ancient times, from the very times, from the very um, beginning of time when, when yogis started practicing and um, involving themselves in yoga, I think they derived so much from the natural world from nature. I think they learned so much from nature and yoga is so inspired by nature that of course, I mean, now in, in yoga practice, you see that in every in every single instance, whether you're reading the texts or whether even if you're just following asanas as, as a matter of um, improving your physical health, I'm sure anyone would, would realize that so many of our asanas are inspired by animals and inspired by the natural world. So it's definitely no secret that that yoga and nature have this extremely strong connection and um, they both sort of go hand in hand and um, i mean just to give you a few examples i mean every even when you start your asana practice if anyone if anyone listening um, you know does their asanas regularly um, if you if you start your asanas everyone knows what surya namaskar is you a lot of people start their asana practice by by um, you know respecting the sun, by paying homage to the sun, um, and I think that's so beautiful. You know, you start by sort of acknowledging Mother Earth, and um, that's that's really really that's very reflective of how yoga is as well. You acknowledge the universe, acknowledge and be grateful for the natural world around you. So the connection is a very age-old connection, and um, I think it's it's it it really really portrays in the asans, in the texts, when you read as well, and um, also in the philosophy, there's so much of the philosophy that is reflected and inspired by nature as well. It's lovely. Yeah, I think as humans, sometimes we can be very disconnected from our bodies, each other, and from nature as well, you know. And we often yearn for something to fill that gap by occupying our lives with so many different distractions. Like sometimes I remember, like when I have um, walk, I, I often forget to be in the present or time to notice you know my breath or to listen to the birds laugh i mean to the Absolutely. birds laugh, um and i think like when we actually do these things in a more conscious way it can help us feel more alive fulfilled and connected to ourselves and the world around us and what you said about you know the yoga poses or the asanas named after um and and, and those that reflect the movements of the animals i remember reading that um I think it's called uh, Sasangana, Sasangana Asan. Um, okay. And I think that was, that Asan sort of um, was named after like the rabbit or the hare pose. Um, uh, Shashank sort of, Asan, yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, um, sorry? Absolutely. I mean, there are so many, um, so many poses, just like you mentioned, Shashank Asan is inspired by um, the rabbit and and um, so many more asanas like that that are that are really derived from from the natural world which if you think about it if you think about ancient times that's how yogis sort of gained their knowledge you know of of um, of the, the way they they constructed these asanas is by observing and being in the present observing these animals around them yeah that's what i read as well they 
they observed how animals lived in harmony with their environment and their own bodies and they wanted to sort of replicate that um absolutely so that was really cool um so yeah i'd love so i'd like to know how can how can i mean since you're into i guess wildlife filmmaking but i also know you're into very much into um the conservation of the natural yes. world so how can yoga actually aid in that so um so it's a very, it's a very good question ria and i i am also going to go back to your previous point about how um how yoga um how the yogis connected the asans and how they got observed um how they observed the natural world to uh, to create these asans um it's and the way conservation ties into it is if you start with the very first limb of of um yoga which which is the eight steps which is your yams and your niyams and um for whoever's tuning in yams and niyams are and who don't know about the you know the eightfold path in in classical yoga is um yams are some of the the things that one must not do and niyams are some of the 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 things in life which one one should do and one of the most famous yams which i'm sure everyone has heard of is ahimsa which is non-violence and that is the very first step to starting someone's path on yoga is by practicing these yams and niyams and ahimsa is practically the very crux of conservation is non-violence so if so so if a, a person who follows the philosophy of yoga understands and truly practices the the ideas and the ideals of non-violence they automatically are conservationist because that is completely related anything to do with conservation is not harming the natural world protecting the planet not harming animals um in whatever way basically humans treading lightly on this earth in order to live in harmony with every other species and that is what ahimsa is as well not harming yourself or any living thing around you so i think i think that question i would say you could answer it in the very very first basic form first basic step of yoga which is which is um ahimsa you know you 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 start with the with, with these five truth with the five must do's and must not do's and that's the very very first basic step so yoga is inextricably linked to conservation and vice versa wow that's a really really interesting perspective i'd never sort of thought of that before but um but that's that's actually pretty beautiful um so i'd love to know from you what can we what can we truly learn from nature and how can we sort of imbibe that in our daily lives much that we can learn from nature and i was thinking about it this morning as well um you know i and again this is again one of the five yams and this is aparigraha which is not being greedy or not hoarding and i was thinking about the connection this morning and basically when you look at nature if you look at for example a tiger um you know on a hunt and a tiger is of course a predator and a tiger hunts prey it either hunts deer or or a wild boar or whatever it hunts um it only hunts what it needs to feed the tiger or the tigress and and her cubs that's all and once a tiger has finished its meal a tiger can walk around and actually sit in harmony with the deer around it and not bother at all for the next 4 or 5 days until it needs to hunt again a tiger is not going to keep hunting and store their meals and keep being greedy and keep hunting and keep keep preying on 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 different animals and the way humans look at material things right so i think that's a really beautiful thing that's one example of something that we can really learn from 
from wildlife, you know, the way the way wildlife lives in consistency and harmony with each other without having the desire to constantly possess something else. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful. Thank you. It's very true. There's this sort of um, perfect balance that goes around in wildlife and, and there is truly so much that we can learn from it. Um, I know you go, so I know you, 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 you go to these um, really cool locations for your shoots and I'd love to know how has your work sort of been inspired by this? Um, I, I've been off, I've, I mean, I go to so many different locations. I go to the forest, the jungles, the oceans, the mountains very often. And to be honest, my, my work is always in yoga is always the, the principles of yoga rather is always, I think at the core of my work, whether whether that um, sort of portrays, um, you know, very clearly, I'm not sure. But at the core of my work, I'm more more importantly at the core of my ethics as a wildlife filmmaker. The principles of yoga are always very very present. Um, and for me, I've often, I've said this before as well. Um, you know, one could look at it as being a bit selfish, but but being in and amongst nature is is is, is like therapy for me. And for me, there's a reason why so many of our ancient yogis went to the mountains to to reach liberation, to to meditate. There's a reason why they weren't sitting in in indoors, or you know, even even modern yogis, you know, they're not sitting in concrete cities. There's a re- reason why they move to forests and move to mountains because nature brings that that peace brings it it aids you in on your journey and i find even when i'm working on wildlife stories the more remote i am the further I, further away i am from from concrete jungles from people from crowds from noise the the clearer i can sort of portray my message of conservation through my films and um and the, the clearer i can work i'm sure a lot of people also have realized that you know when they sort of even working on a project, it's a sort of in in nature. You're you're all that much more productive. So so yoga, of course, it influences my work in so so many ways, and it really really helps me do what I do. Yeah, you know, I never really understood. Um, I mean, I'd never I'd always heard of the mountains, and I, I heard of how you know how when you get there, you feel the sense of peace mm-hmm. and serenity. I never actually experienced it until last year when I ended up traveling to there and. You really do feel this energy um, that you absolutely get in the city life. But I think I realized that, I mean, because when I came back, I was feeling a bit low, but I realized that it's sort of this balance that you have to keep, you know, to take what you learn over there and sort of bring it back in your daily life as well. Absolutely. And I think uh, you're absolutely right about that. And um, I think sometimes we, you know, subconsciously, we think of nature as something that's inanimate and something that's just always going to be there and something that's just you know around us but nature is living it's breathing nature has as much energy as humans being do as human beings do so when you're when you are out in the mountains for example or you are anywhere in a forest for example you do feel the energy of the natural world and you know as as far-fetched as that might sound to some people but it's it's a very very tangible thing that that you feel and that energy helps you i feel on your spiritual journey and that's why so many of the so many of um so many yogis basically 
go to the mountains and and just like you said you felt that spiritual peace so many yogis go to the mountains to to use that 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 force from nature to aid them on their own journeys how the yoga poses were named after um and reflect the movements of animals um so are there any yoga poses mm-hmm. that we can do that can actually help us connect with nature well there are there are plenty so the thing with the thing with yoga asanas is that you have to to truly get the maximum benefit of each asana you have to involve your your consciousness it's not like you you know you're not thinking about you know what you're going to have for lunch or what you have to what assignment you have to what deadlines do you have today that's not while you're doing your asanas that's not going to benefit you as much as um you know in any way to be honest except for physically maybe a little bit but but to to do your asanas you have to truly be conscious and to truly understand the asanas so for example if you're doing the surya namaskar to start with you truly imbibe the qualities of gratitude towards the sun towards the universe towards the natural world and then truly feel that gratitude and and start with surya namaskar and then with for example your other asanas like bhujang asana you you go into the the pose of uh, the cobra pose and you truly truly imbibe what i what i mean is you truly imbibe the the energy from i'm not going to say you know bhujang obviously means cobra but i'm not going to say imbibe the qualities of a snake although every single animal is is respected in yoga which is beautiful um you just you just basically try and imbibe the energy from the natural world which i think um you know really really helps in your asana practice if you're conscious enough to be able to do that it's it's easier said than done but um i'm sure if if you know people try it out it really really helps you find that peace while you're doing your asana practice and your mind is your mind is equally calmed as much as your body is helped during your asana practice you other and any benefits of practicing yoga outdoors um i think there there are tremendous benefits um like you said when you were in the mountains you you um truly loved listening to the sounds of birds and the wind and you know the sound of the wind rustling through the grass and the leaves and and all that is very i think at least for me personally i think it's very healing those sounds are very healing yoga in a way is 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 very sensory as you know you know you with with there's you work on all your senses as well so um so those sounds rather than you know just being indoors and and although although yoga asanas was designed so that no matter where you are in the world even if you are in a tiny 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 room with no windows you can find that peace but if you again if you want to make your asana practice a little more a little easier to connect i think being outdoors is a great way being am- amongst nature hearing the sounds of the natural world helps you connect more with the asanas that you're doing and helps i feel at least personally helps you go inward a little more definitely yeah that does make sense because whenever i do practice um you know my sort of like daily yoga routine outdoors i do like listening to the different mm-hmm. sounds of the leaves and the birds Absolutely. um really a very wonderful feeling um so i want to know for you know for everyone here today i mean if there is something that we could sort of do today to feel um, more connected with the natural world or if there were any sort of tools we could use to do that um what would you sort of recommend yeah i think 
people, if if you can start on a very very small scale, trying to just appreciate um, the, the 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 natural world that we have around us, and trying to truly truly understand that every single living being has a purpose on this planet. I think even just understanding that, I mean, so many of us are quick to just, you know, squash an insect or, or kill an ant or, you know, or, or try and brush off a spider. I mean, of course, you know, sometimes you have to do what you have to do. But but if, if you try and understand that every single living being plays a role in this ecosystem for a reason, and you understand that every single living thing has a purpose, just like yoga, how every single thing is connected and yoga is all about being in harmony. So is nature. It's all about a web of life. And if you, I think even just understanding that on a very basic level and being a little more sensitive to even the smaller living things on the planet, which we don't really pay much heed to, I think that can go a long way. Definitely. Thank you. And, you know, I wanted to know for, for people that um, have, I mean, I'm sure some some people here have their own yoga practice, but, but for people that don't, how could they really begin their journey into this? Into yoga? Would you recommend yeah, what you, yeah, exactly. Well, I think, I think, um, well, a lot of people do begin their journey by first getting into asanas and then they sort of delve further into philosophy, but that's not the only way, of course, that is one route. Um, but I think just by, just by sort of, um, I would say first and foremost is finding a very authentic and very reliable and um, it's basically authentic and reliable, knowledgeable teacher. I think that's number one. Um, it's very important to have the correct resources and to have the correct guidance as per se. Um, wrong guidance is actually very harmful. So the right guidance is extremely important. and. Of course, secondly, is read as much as possible, use the resources on this platform on ours to, you know, to discover various forms of, of meditation and yoga, and just ask as many questions as possible. I think that's, that's um, a wonderful way to just sort of dabble in what in, in, in yoga and dabble in this huge, huge realm of yoga that so many of us are still just trying to to get our feet into and just trying to understand a little bit. So just ask as many questions as possible, use as many resources as possible, and most importantly, try and find the correct guidance because um, authentic, correct guidance is first and foremost, I think, most important in your journey. Definitely. Yeah, I think I think there's, you know, um, I mean, initially as well, when I was sort of doing my own research, I used to face this paradox of choice because there were so many different resources, so many different things Absolutely. to do. Uh, that it sort of gets hard but I think the the, the steps that you mentioned in the beginning actually Patanjali sort of yoga sutras are a great way to yes. start if you learn more about I guess the philosophical side of yoga as well but also I guess steps to naturally gravitate and graduate and actually reach higher stages in your personal practice absolutely definitely yeah and um, I think I want to ask you one last question um, how can we sort of be more I guess, conscious um, of the sort of natural world? Like, what can we do today to, I guess, yeah, be more conscious and, and how can we sort of help um, in our own way? Like I said, be, you know, be more conscious of the, of the, the living things around you, of the natural world around you. And there are so many things that we take for granted, you know, and like I said, the, the small things, the not, we were so used to looking at conservation in an angle, in a lens of like big mammals and 
and big animals that we can see and although that's extremely important i think it's it's equally as important to think about the health of our ecosystems and and the smaller animals and the smaller living things and and of course if you are someone who practices yoga you will understand like i said earlier on the 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 qualities and the importance of ahimsa and non-violence if you truly if you really truly every day have the idea of ahimsa in your head i think that as as simple as it sounds as basic as it sounds i think it really really it's it's easier it's easier said than done again it's difficult to always live by the principles of non-violence but if you truly do that i think you're like i said earlier you're already a conservationist thank you i think that was a very um, beautiful way to put it so i'm going to now open the floor to questions um and i think we have one question by floor and she and she says thank you that that was beautiful do you chant any mantras and are there any mantras that connect us to nature um well i do chant mantras sometimes and i'm sure there are plenty of mantras that um, sort of draw in nature to 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 help you on your meditation if you're using mantras to meditate um i i think um i i wouldn't be the best person to ask which you know so i would i would ask ria if she knows anyone who's an expert at um, at at mantra meditation on which mantras would truly help i mean with which which mantras would truly truly connect you with nature but um, i think that's a really good question flo and um, i would love to you know get back to you on that do more research on which mantras are de- are dedicated um just for nature and um, yeah i think i could if if you're okay with that i could get back to you on that sounds good um i think i'd like to ask you what what mantra do you chant and, and which one is sort of your favorite mantra and, and why i have i have a few mantras that i that i like to sort of uh, chant i mean it's not just one particular um mantra um i've lately i've i've loved uh, you know buddham sharanam gachami i love the mantra mantra um, of of redrawing in the the unity of of community and communal well-being and communal health i think that's a beautiful um aspect and i i love the sound and the words of the mantra and i i think that sort of brings a lot of peace to me so i i, I don't particularly have a favorite mantra but i think it sort of depends uh sometimes i love the mahamrityunjay mantra as well it's a beautiful beautiful meaning it's um it's a beautiful concept as well if you really really look at the words um it, i mean it sort of varies i think i think it's important to to experiment with different mantras sometimes that might work for some people for some for, for different for different phases of what you're going through different mantras help for different i wouldn't say problems but different phases and um, that's how i go, go about it in my practice thank you um we have one more question um from saibani and she's asking what was one experience in nature that has made you feel fully aware or step into a new stage of awareness oh that's a beautiful question um i think um i would take this back to one of my very early shoots in the mountains when i was uh, well this was about 6 years ago and i was shooting for the first time in really difficult terrains you know it was like minus 20 degrees it was freezing we were up at perhaps 4500 meters high up in the himalayas and we're looking for an animal that's almost impossible to find um we're looking for a snow leopard 
and um, you know i think at that moment when when i when i was trekking you know for days and days and days and on like my 15th day of trekking and there's still no sign of a snow leopard i think you come to a point where where you really have to reach a phase of acceptance so i think at that moment and for me this film was extremely important it was either going to like break or make my masters uh, degree so i was very stressed and very worked up on whether i was going to see this animal but the moment i sort of sort of gave into the mountains i i completely surrendered to the mountains rather and i accepted i said look whether i'm going to see this animal or not i'm going through all this massive physical struggle trekking for 8 9 hours a day all uphill in the mountains and it's extremely physically difficult but you know what i accept i accept i'm fine i surrender to the mountains and that's it i'm just doing this i'm going to be in the moment and uh, funny enough in the next day or two we saw a beautiful sighting of a snow leopard and um, that's how it unfolded so i think that was a one of the a, one of the most significant spiritual um, experiences i had where i truly applied some of um, the knowledge that i had from yoga into my work definitely i think i think surrendering in general is yeah. so important absolutely um, and i love to explain that through through your experience um filming because i think the more we try to push things the yes. less those things come to us yes. so the moment we sort of just surrender and like okay we we trust sort of the flow of the universe we trust a timing absolutely it might not come the moment you want it mm-hmm. but it does sort of come when you truly do need it yes definitely so thank you so much um if there are any more questions please please do post in post a question i think i think there's someone else typing so i'm going to give it a second um sure not then um we can end this but yeah i do think i mean surrendering is a very very good point actually okay i think um giving in to to what's meant to happen what's um, what what you know it's a cliche way to say it but what the universe has planned is brings a lot of comfort to yourself as well um it helps you sort of disassociate from all the stress and i think that's that's extremely helpful definitely um someone said how long have you done yoga for um well i've done yoga uh, periodically for a very long time now when i when when you say done yoga uh, i've ever since i was a child um, very very young my mom started imparting her her knowledge and this was of course physically as well she would teach us asanas from a very young age but but imparted um, a lot of philosophical wisdom luckily she on that she learned when she was practicing yoga um and so when i say done yoga i'm not i haven't obviously been practicing religiously every day since i was um a young girl but i have been imbibing the qualities of um of you know the yoga sutras and whatever i've learned through the years and trying kind of applying that in my daily life but um if you mean ha- since how long since i have have i been daily like practicing my yoga on a daily basis I would say it's been a couple years um again that's often on depending on work and some days are you know you're more motivated to practice some days and some days you fall short and that's just being human but uh, I would say it's been a couple years since I've really really taken this into into a much more um serious uh, way and I've sort of really started practicing a lot more so I mean say more or less like 6 5 6 years Thank you. 
I think we have one last question. Um, can you put into words the moment or how you got yourself to that moment of acceptance you mentioned? Do you have any tips for someone struggling with acceptance? Well, I think to start with, it's important to realize that the universe has a plan. You know, I mean, I, it's, I know it sounds extremely, extremely cliche and a lot of people keep saying it, but but the way the, the laws of, of the universe works, and it's actually very scientific if you if you learn more about it, um, you know, in, in yogic philosophy, and if you read much more extensively, you'll realize that it's actually a very scientific thing, but there's always a plan. And for you just realizing that there is a plan, there are some things that are destined to be and some things that are just destined to not and some things that are meant to happen and some things that are meant to not, I think that automatically brings you so much peace. And just by accepting that, okay, look, this is my situation. I accept it. There's a reason why the situation has come about. There is a higher purpose to why this why this is happening right now. I think that's a good way to to start by to, to start accepting your situation. I think that that can that in itself can bring you comfort by realizing that there is there is something more than what we understand right now as to why this situation has come about. Thank you. Um, thank you so much. Um, the person replied saying, thank you so much. I love that. <laughs> and something <laughs> that beautifully said. Wonderful. Um, so th thank you so much, Viz, for taking the time out and doing that. I, I, I'm pretty, we've all sort of learned um, through your experiences. Um, and we're very grateful for it. So thank you so thank much. Thank you, Ria. Yes. Thanks so and much for thank having you me. Thank so much, everyone, for attending and being here. Thanks so um, much for having me. And I hope everyone has a lovely morning, afternoon, night, wherever you are. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.